the more I looked at ECIA and uh, the more that you and I talked, the more it seemed that many of the issues that ECIA is working on really resonated with me, that they're really high value investments that can tap the collective wisdom of the industry and be able to uh, franchise those best practices back across the industry. Connect, influence, optimize. You're listening to The Channel Channel, a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components. Brought to you by the ECIA, the Electronic Component Industry Association. Working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel. Welcome to The Channel Channel. This is Bill Bradford, and I'm pleased to be joined today by our new ECIA president and CEO, David Loftus. Hey, David. Bill. <laughs> How are you? Great, great. Welcome to ECIA, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Wonderful being here. Good. Well, as I think you know by now, we start off asking every guest, what is your favorite <laughs> word? <laughs> yes, I had the pleasure of listening to a couple of your podcasts while I was uh, looking at ECIA, and uh, maybe I had a little time to prep here <laughs> for this one. I, I joked Bill yesterday in the car that I was actually going to use supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, <laughs> but uh, I, I won't use that one. Uh, I, I think that for me, the uh, key word that has driven me through my career is passion. And I think that maybe the word can be overused a little bit in business today, but I'd like to maybe explain a little bit of my perspective and, and start it with a story. Uh, you know, I started my uh, career as an engineer, and I had the opportunity to co-op at General Electric um, at almost the same time that Jack Welch took over the CEO spot. And he had a really huge impact on me and um, just bigger than life and just a really powerful leader for such a huge organization. And, um, you know, I got to reading some of his books after he had retired. And, uh, you know, and straight from the gut, he talks about his, uh, uh, qualities that he looks for in good managers. Uh, it's called uh, 4E. And the four E's are energy. you got to have the energy to do the job. You've got to have the ability to energize people around you. Uh, third is edge. You have to be able to make the tough decisions and move forward. And fourth is execution, which is obviously important to all of us. And then when he came out with the book Winning, he modified that. And he said, really, it's 4E plus P, with the P being passion. Um, and I thought, yeah, that, that really makes sense. But... You know, if, you, if I had to look at uh, uh, Dave Loftus' corollary here, uh, you'll indulge me in critiquing <laughs> the man that was named uh, best CEO of the 20th century. Yeah. To me, it's really, it ought to be P plus 4E. Because I think if you have passion around what you're doing, it solves for three of the four True. E's. If, you, if you're really passionate and you love what you're doing, it's going to help you with your own energy. And if you're really convicted about, and, and you're really passionate about it, it's, you're naturally going to energize others to be able to do great things. 
it, it may not help you so much with the edge. Uh, you can argue that a lot of passionate people maybe, um, maybe <laughs> <edgy>. don't make <laughs> maybe don't, don't make the best uh, uh, decisions uh, uh, at all times. So you got to watch that one. But the fourth one on execution certainly, if you have a lot of passion, uh, it will you're self motivated and the, the the energy and the the energized portion will help you execute to success. So I think that that that, that passion is just an incredible component. And I'll say that, um, you know, I've been from the beginning of my electrical engineering curriculum at, uh, at Georgia Tech, just extremely passionate about electronics. And I was really blessed uh, to, to have a great career, mostly in semiconductors. And, you know, what, what makes me passionate about this is I just feel so lucky every day to get out of bed and be able to contribute to an industry that I, I firmly believe has made a, a more significant impact on the way we work, live, play uh, than any industry in the entire history of mankind. And you look at how far we've come in the 35 years over my career. I mean, to go from before PC days, I actually took um, – uh, computer classes. I did Fortran on a key punch machine yeah. on, with with cards with a card yeah. reader. <laughs> I don't think any of the, a lot of the younger engineers probably even know what that is. Uh, and then paper, punched paper tape. Right. Uh, 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 to today, having more power in your smartphone, uh, many times more power than sent men to the moon. It's just uh, an incredible story. Yeah. And uh, e even today, so just my opportunity to join ECIA, it, it, it gives me the opportunity to be able to really uh, engage that passion in a productive way. No, that's great. You know, uh, we, so, so we've had some parallels in, in our career and known each other for several years now. So I can say just how thrilled I am that you're joining the organization at this point and how much fun I think you'll have. You know, it, it's, it's really is an opportunity to uh, stay engaged acro across a broad portion of our industry, all aspects of the supply chain, engage with a lot of just really class act leadership and, and you know, executives within our industry and, uh, and have an impact, helping them all be successful by helping to tackle some of these common problems. So, well, so, so give a little bit more of the, the background, you know, for, for people that don't know you yet, uh, you, t you spoke a little bit about you know, your start and what, what's attracted you to the industry, but t tell us just a little more of the story, sure. how you got to where you are here. Sure. Uh, thanks. So, uh, like I mentioned, uh, I went to Georgia Tech in electrical engineering. I actually grew up in the Midwest, and born in Iowa, lived mostly in Cincinnati, uh, certainly didn't want to stay in the, uh, uh, up north in the cold, so uh, had had the opportunity to come south, uh, a little bit south in Atlanta, and it was uh, just a wonderful ride at Georgia Tech. Um, I w stayed on with the research arm of Georgia Tech and worked on military avionics for a number of years uh, while I got my graduate degree in management, and then had the opportunity in 1991 to join Xilinx as a field apps engineer which I, I still to this day think field apps engineers are one of the best jobs you can have in the industry, yeah. especially for an engineer, because you get to balance the engineering side with uh, the, the opportunity to be engaged in, in the business side. 
of our industry. And so it was a great learning opportunity. And after a, a few years, I got into sales management, started to climb through the ranks, and had a, really a golden opportunity in 2002 to uh, move myself and my family uh, halfway around the planet to Hong Kong. And I was uh, the uh, VP and Managing Director for Asia Pacific for, uh, for Xilinx for a number of years. So it was an incredible run there because it was a, a really neat time to be in Asia. It was in the wake of the dot-com bust, so you had all the multinationals really trying to figure out how to make themselves uh, more cost-effective, so they were uh, moving a lot of their, their operation uh, to Asia, a lot of outsourcing, and so it was the upswing of the ODM model in Taiwan. It was really the, the, the tremendous acceleration of, uh, of what are now um, leading world companies like, like Huawei and uh, Samsung and so forth. So for me, it was really just a, a fantastic growth and learning opportunity to be able to, uh, to, to have that tenure in Asia. And after uh, maybe about three and a half years, uh, we had the opportunity to come to Silicon Valley. Um, it was another big uh, career change. I got the opportunity to come back to San Jose and run a couple of different business units within Xilinx. And so it, it got me back engaged with design engineering, which, which I always loved, but also taught me a lot about strategic marketing, taught me a lot about uh, operations, um, really got engaged with the um, semiconductor foundries and our back-end packaging um, partners. And uh, so I learned a, a, a tremendous amount about what really it means to be able to go from initial product concept and doing market research, uh, you know, customer research, product research, and trying to actually create a successful and profitable yeah. and high quality product out of that. So that was a, a, a wonderful uh, tenure for me. In uh, 2008, I actually moved back onto the sales and marketing side. I moved to Intersil, which is a broadline analog company. So going from the digital world of Xilinx to Broadline Analog was a tremendous uh, learning curve, uh, but uh, had some really good um, mentors and, and leaders to be able to help me there. Uh, and I went from uh, Intersil to, uh, to, to Cyprus and from Cyprus on to uh, Maxim Integrated, another Broadline Analog company where I was for the last four years. Um, about middle of last year, made the decision that I was actually going to retire from the industry, uh, or for at least from semiconductors, and uh, try to do more uh, board work and just work um, in, in a consulting capacity. So um, yeah, it was, again, a, a wonderful career, really blessed to have the opportunities that I did. Uh, and, and I was actually just looking for ways to be able to keep in touch with the industry. And so that's where yep. you and I crossed paths right. a, a, a couple of months ago. And uh, Bill and I, as he mentioned, have known each other for a few years. And he just said, hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing something else. What would you think about stepping into my shoes at ECIA? And uh, thought, well, mm, well I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll look at it. But I was really, again, focused on... Uh, on trying to do it from a consulting side. But the more I looked at ECIA, 
And um, the more that you and I talked, the more it seemed that many of the issues that ECI is working on really resonated with me, that they're really high value investments that can tap the collective wisdom of the industry and be able to uh, franchise those best practices back across the industry. And so, you know, I'm certainly looking for ways to stay engaged. And this was, for me, a, I, I think a unique opportunity to be engaged with a, a broad variety of manufacturers. And this is also a learning opportunity. So late in my career here, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really going to get a much greater exposure to uh, IP&E, uh, the, right. the passive electromechanical part of our industry. That was not something that I uh, have, have really engaged deeply with back since I was back as a design engineer back in, um, in, in the late 80s. Uh, but th this, this unique opportunity to be engaged with a different part of the manufacturers, but also with manufacturers' reps, which I've always been a strong believer in, in rep model, and also with, uh, w with distributors and trying to solve some of the problems that we've all faced through our careers with, uh, with counterfeiting and with efficiency. Those, those, those are all things, all those things have resonated with me deeply and really convinced me that, that this is a fantastic opportunity and I'm so happy that uh, you gave me the call a couple, <laughs> couple of months ago and that I've got the opportunity to step in here. Well, I know before you made your decision, we uh, invited you to our board meeting in Austin. You got to meet with every member of our board, with our councils, and attended the, co the joint council meeting. What, what were some of your impressions through those conversations and attending those meetings? Uh, so, great question. I think that, uh, first off, I was impressed that just uh, the, the, the energy and the quality of the people around the table. Tremendous, tremendous experience, and really looking at trying to solve some some big issues. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to sit on uh, on a number of the council meetings, and also uh, talk uh, a lot with people about GIPC, the, the industry practices. I, I think that the opportunity to be able to identify best practices and be able to so that people don't have to reinvent the wheel. Certainly, uh, as we've talked about, these tremendous interrupts we've had over the last couple of years with tariffs and now coronavirus, certainly there, it, 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 one company is not going to have all the right answers. And to be able to have uh, people that are genuinely interested in sharing their best practices, their thoughts, and, and collectively to, to be able to come up with recommendations for the industry uh, I thought was, was uh, uh, tremendously exciting. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes uh, back to the efficiency of our industry. So as I mentioned, I am an engineer by training, <laughs> and so I'm a zealot for efficiency. Right. Uh, efficiency and, and statistics. And uh, so the, the discussion about how do you make our – process for just tracking things like design registrations and training and and uh, disseminating and, and uh, actioning leads and opportunities when you have just this plethora of CRM systems and um, different types of, of sales management tools 
in the industry, I think, can be, um, be, be very fruitful. Uh, on the numbers side, I was really excited to understand what ECIA is doing and how ECIA is partnering to be able to improve uh, market research. Uh, you just can't get enough data <laughs> right. in this industry to be able to try to help uh, inform decisions and to be able to help not only guide your own team, but certainly private or public companies have a real challenge in how they communicate to the street. And there are significant uh, pitfalls if you miss numbers and miss guidance. It's, um, uh, and the, this whole effort around trying to identify what the trends are in the supply chain and what are the impacts of, of uh, upstream supply issues, especially with, with coronavirus, seem to be extremely worthwhile activities. And then on the, uh, uh, on the numbers side, being able to uh, hopefully work toward better numbers on, on DTAM, um, on impacts of uh, other trade war, those, those all resonated with me as well. There was some conversation that was really interesting in uh, uh, the board meeting about and, and, and council meeting uh, about renewing some of the work that was done a number of years ago by Texas A&M on the uh, channel um, value. And I, I uh, actually voiced my opinion to several of the folks in the room that, wow, I wish I would have had that over the last few years, the last couple of uh, couple of organizations that I was a part of, you know, in my prior life, uh, I did quite a, uh, quite a bit of adjustment to the channel model strategy in the, the, the partner lineup and uh, making decisions on what's core versus context and what do you cover direct, where do you draw the line, how do you engage uh, the channel partners and for the most efficient solution. And I think it's easy for people to talk about um, you know, what's the cost of margin and what's the cost of, 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 of sales rep commissions and compare that versus direct. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, y y you know, um, being able to communicate to business unit leaders, to potentially even CEOs and boards about really what the value that the extended channel can bring in demand creation efforts and, and, and really optimizing your revenue growth, but also on the cost side of the equation, what's most cost-effective way to be able to go to market, I think is, 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 is really high value to executives that were in my position, certainly, and a lot of executives in other roles in the industry. And, you know, it comes back again to efficiency. I, I, I've always been passionate uh, about, and really a zealot about efficiency. My sales team's always got tired of me talking mm -hmm. about it uh, 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 because, you know, one of the few irreplaceable commodities that you have is time. And you have to make, you, you have to go wake up every day and think about how you're going to be able to utilize your time in the most effective manner for yourself and your own uh, sales goals and your, your to, to be able to meet and exceed quota, but also for uh, from from the company's perspective, and how do you make how do you maximize the value of your stock to your shareholders? It, it, you uh, 
we have a limited amount of time to be able to spend um, as, as individuals and as teams in front of customers. And there's very limited amounts of time that customers will allow you to spend with them. And trying to utilize that to the, to the maximum advantage is, is really, really important. And so I, I, I do think that these, any, any information that we can give to people about, the, to, to our members and, and beyond, about the most effective way to be able to utilize resources, not only within our, our own uh, direct teams, but also in the channel is, is, is really important. And, and that leads to a couple of other discussion topics that happened uh, and that have been ongoing in ECIA. Uh, we talk about efficiency and, and time. A lot of discussion around um, how do you make design reg? And we talked about the CRM uh, and be able to translate back and forth so that people aren't banging away on keyboards right. in their office rather than spending time in front of customers. We always want to maximize the time that we have in being able to, to um, to uh, sell and, and be able to maximize our revenue and profitability. Um, maybe a couple of other topics that I thought were really interesting, and that is about the makeup of our membership and really making sure that we uh, ha make the most and get the greatest engagement that we can. Everybody's got very busy day jobs. I know that. <laughs> uh, I, I work 60, 70 hours uh, jobs in you know for, for 30 years of my, my career, but... Uh, there is an opportunity here with ECIA that if we can better articulate the value proposition and uh, invite people in in the right ways in the right forums, that uh, they can really get back much more than they have to invest. And so I look forward to being able to work with the membership on that. And maybe lastly is just about expansion of our organization. We have a really broad swath of the electronics industry represented. Still, it, it seems like there, there, there could be opportunities for uh, targeted companies and, and even targeted spaces. I, we're more of, a, uh, of an IP&E and channel organization than say, uh, we, we do have some very good semiconductor members, but I'd, I'd like to be able to utilize some of my knowledge and, and relationships across the semiconductor space and hopefully, um, leverage our um, collective relationships in our membership to be able to help others that maybe have not tried ECIA to be able to give us a look and, and to be able to join and make their contribution as well. Very good. You know, you, you mentioned the, uh, you know, these efficiencies that we work on across the industry and, you know, it, as you know, <laughs> Every one of our constituent groups, whether you're a manufacturer, a manufacturer's rep, or a distributor, over the past decade or more, been really feeling a margin squeeze. So, yeah, it just is so important that you know anything we can do for the common good to try to uh, make our make our member companies more efficient, so that you know that flows through to the, the bottom line and helps support them. I think that that, that is one of the big uh, values that we can provide to members is, is, is helping with those efficiency things, a lot of which can only really be solved by looking at the supply chain as a whole, right? You know, the, eliminating some of the friction between the different constituency groups. Absolutely. Things, so. Absolutely. Well, so, so maybe not a fair question since you're so early into it, but love to hear your, your, your future thoughts for the association, maybe starting with some of the short-term goals and priorities you see, you know, kind of immediate stuff that you want to uh, address or, or get behind, and then then also kind of evolve that into what you see as potentially some of the longer term 
objectives and goals? Sure. Uh, I think short term, there, uh, there's been a lot of discussion around how do we continue to improve member communication and member engagement. And I, I would love to be able to help with the effort to be able to better identify this deeper pool of subject, subject matter experts in our member companies that GIPC and some of the other uh, committees and councils can tap readily to when, when certain interrupt-driven things happen, like tariffs, like coronavirus, um, and uh, to, to be able to help meet some of the more longer-term goals of the organization. You know, longer-term basis, I, I, the, um, the, the value of the website certainly seems um, very the inventory website specifically. The inventory yep. website, right. yes. So, so e ECI authorized, I think, is a a great way to be a, a, a clearinghouse for authorized, um, you know, franchise lines uh, across our channel, and make sure that uh, that end customers have a way of being uh, really sure that they're getting a genuine article. Uh, counterfeiting has been an issue in our industry now for decades, and has been growing. I think the estimates in the semiconductor industry that uh, you know, 400 odd or getting closer to 500 billion dollar semiconductor that up to 20 percent mm. of semiconductor uh, devices can be uh, counterfeited and that's man that's that that's really scary when you think about the stories from 15 20 years ago about uh, about fighter aircraft right. <laughs> flying with counterfeit uh, semiconductors and the potential for a disaster there. Boy, that 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 that's really really scary. Imagine that in a uh, in an A380. Uh, yeah. that, that would be with with 500 people on board. That would be really really scary. Uh, so I think that there's there, there's a lot of value there. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier on on the membership. Um, certainly, I think our outreach efforts. I I'm really excited that the industry or that the association has. Um, Engaged with women in engineering, I'm very interested in women in electronics. So, sorry, <laughs> women in <laughs> women in electronics. My bad. No, but good call out. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, also the efforts that that we're making towards STEM education. Um, it's a competitive world out there, and and, and we're a global organization. Uh, we want to make sure that we're. Um, continue to try to bring the best and brightest minds to our industry. And uh, I, I think the more that we can do to be able to educate young people that are starting to make career choices, but also those people that are young in their career, being able to educate them on what makes the industry tick is, is, is really, really important. Uh, certainly, I, I just the, the, the councils and the committee work, longer term, uh, hope to make a, 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 a real positive impact on how we work together and, and continue to try to uh, help Donna's GIPC uh, committee and uh, the, the, the councils be able to find ways of, of tackling some of the tougher problems in the industry. Uh, but I think one of the things that also came up is we did go through some restructuring a couple of years ago, um, maybe a year and a half ago, and this is the fourth council meeting, uh, one of the comments that was made is you, it, it's definitely more focused our conversations, but still we need to make sure that the councils are talking ta with one another mm -hmm. enough. I mean, it went from everybody being in one room 
to, as I understand, to now that there, there are three separate rooms for the council meetings, and then we have a general session, uh, making sure that there's enough time and, and, and the right things are brought forth from the council work right. that's being done to be able to cross-pollinate. Uh, we we want to make sure there's a good balance there, that we, that we haven't swung the pendulum maybe too far uh, in, in one direction. Great. Well, as, as you mentioned, you, you know, your, your career o over the last few decades has had you on Are you saying I'm old, Bill? Okay, yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of airline miles, a lot of 60, 70-hour <laughs> weeks. But, but you, 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 you know, when you've had time, what, what are some of the hobbies or other ways you, you enjoy uh, spending your time? Oh, um, certainly. So, well, first off, just I love spending time with my family. Have a beautiful wife and and two children who, coincidentally, both went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. Uh, one's graduated pre med, and uh, another one uh, is electrical engineering, but also wants to uh, come out pre med and uh, working on that. So, love to spend time with my family. On top of that, um, I love to play golf. Love to stay in shape. I think you know back to the four E plus P. You can have passion to give you energy, but you also, uh, in, in uh, my personal experience, it, it helps to be, to, to try to keep yourself in shape. So the fifth is exercise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, you fly a couple hundred thousand miles a year, and we work, we all work very hard. Um, and I, I find it uh, really relaxing to be able to get in the gym and, and, and uh, work out just so that you've got more energy for the next day. But lastly, just uh, a hobby that I picked up uh, less than 10 years ago. I'm a instrument-rated private pilot. so Because you don't fly. have enough time in the air, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a lot more fun when you're at the controls <laughs> than looking out the porthole of a United <laughs> Airlines flight at 35,000 feet. And, uh, so I've had the, uh, the, the, the luck of being able to fly some aerobatics and uh, I am – have, have flown in different countries. I uh, actually got to fly uh, an old biplane in, in Dublin, Ireland, and I got my hands on uh, an aircraft several times in Iceland. My wife is half Icelandic. Uh, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law live in Iceland, and so it's been really spectacular to just jump in an airplane and, and go fly over the volcanoes, go fly over the gorgeous waterfalls. I've ac actually even flown up over the northwestern fjords. Wow. Spectacular scenery and something that would be impossible if I was just flying on United. Yep. So that, that, those are some of the things that, that keep me grounded and uh, also keep me a little bit up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, I'll just say that... Uh, I. I Again, I thank Bill for the opportunity to be able to join ECIA, and I know that I have big shoes to fill. Yeah. I, Bill's uh, a wonderful human being, number one. Um, anybody that knows Bill and his family, they've, they've all been investing their times, time in, in activities outside of the industry that are, are, are very uh, commendable. And, but uh, I respect you thank as you. In, an industry leader and look forward to hopefully being able to uh, contribute in, in a similar fashion that you have. And, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm just extremely glad that you'll continue to be part of the ECIA organization 
in your next role. So I look forward to working with you there. Thanks. Well, yeah, thank you very much, David. And um, I want to thank all of our listeners and our members that have certainly been so supportive of me over the last couple of years. And uh, I look forward to continue, uh, continuing to engage with you as a, as a member, as a volunteer, hopefully running into you on some of these committee meetings and certainly at our future conferences. It's, it's been a real joy and I, I consider a highlight of my career uh, these past couple of years to be in this uh, leadership role at ECIA. And, and again, just so thrilled that uh, David has agreed to come on board and uh, continue to lead the organization and take us to the next level. So uh, welcome aboard and good luck with it, David. Super. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.